We're coming up on one year since the Dobbs decision was ruled overturning Roe v. Wade and Casey. What we're seeing is a stark contrast between the states when it comes to abortions in those states. We have new polling data that shows that a majority of Americans still believe that men and women are different and you cannot change your gender, but that's not stopping the wild leftists from continuing to promulgate Pride Month. And we also see President Biden either losing his mind or getting very, very based in conservatorship. We'll figure out which of those today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. Joe Biden, right, red-pilled and based now, or is is he just taking more pills? We don't know. We'll you figure stop. it out. We'll get to that you at the stop. end. We'll get to that at the end of the show. Applesauce and Matlock. Well, we'll get to that at the end of the show. Well, what's being crushed up in the applesauce? Sure. <laughs> Mitch Prosser, Justin Hall. It is Tuesday, I like June twentieth. Sure, myself. I, well, that's understandable. It's twelve thirty-one p.m. on Tuesday, June twentieth, in the year of our Lord two thousand and twenty-three. It's our second attempt at doing this podcast. I won't go into the first one. Welcome in. Hope you all had a wonderful weekend. We took yesterday off. I guess that was our observance of Juneteenth. And we are now here to talk about some different issues. The first being the Dobbs divide. This from 538.com. They had a very interesting look at estimates provided exclusively by the hashtag WeCount group, a national research project led by the Society of Family Planning. And Mitch, I'm just going to make it very easy to understand. In the time frame of July 2022 to March 2023, so that's post-Dobbs decision to just a few months ago, there were an estimated 93,575 fewer legal abortions in states that either banned or severely restricted abortion for at least one week in the nine-month period after Dobbs. The number of legal abortions in states where abortion remained mostly available did rise by 69,285, signaling that many people did travel and successfully obtain an abortion, but we do see that that break-even number is minus 24,290. So the Dobbs decision returning this issue to the states did its job in that states are able to provide and create their own determinations about how abortion should be regulated. And just to reiterate what we said over and over again, it did its job in supporting the original intent and constructionalist view of the Constitution. Correct. Now, there is provision in that Dobbs decision, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, is still printed out and sitting on my desk, that does allow Congress to make it thicker than that. Uh, It does allow Congress to make law Mm -hmm. on this issue. It doesn't have to just be a state's issue. That's a misnomer. So we'll see if they ever will look over the data on five thirty eight. Sure. Um, there's there's a lot to look at here. Um, we've seen states who've chosen to institute draconian. I mean, I'm sorry, sorry. That's a, I've heard that before. They've instituted uh, bills that yes. have now become law uh, restricting access to abortion. Mm-hmm. Another thing I've heard before. Let's just say what it is: protecting innocent preborn children in their mother's womb. Right, they've done that. Um, Justin, tell us about some of those states. So you're looking at a few different states. We're talking 
Uh, let's just look at those where numbers have increased. Florida has seen an increase. That will change. Illinois has seen an increase. Both of those plus 12,000. Massive. massive. Uh, North Carolina, New Mexico, Washington, Michigan, Kansas, Nevada, California, Minnesota, Colorado, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Oregon, and South Carolina. Uh, there you go. South Carolina saw list. an increase of about 900 abortions right. in the year, almost year, post-Dobbs. Why? Why would that be? Though? Well, that's Why because we not? had a heartbeat law that oh. was in effect for a little while, then mm-hmm. got struck down, or then got stayed in the court, then struck down in the court through uh, judicial fiat, where we read into constitute, we read in twenty twenty three cultural values to a decision in nineteen seventy one before Roe was even established. Right. The right to privacy found in the the state constitution. In fact, if you go up to the top, this is laid out five thirty eight dot com. Put it in the show I'll notes. put it in the show notes, yes. Um, if, if you look at the infographic at the top, you'll see that they're all 50. I don't see Alaska, but... Alaska's up at the top left. Oh, thank you. Um, it's laid out like that. All 50 states, thank you, because I'm used to seeing Alaska down by uh, Mexico, um, which is where some people actually think it is. It is not. Um, all 50 states are here. The mm-hmm. only one with um, any notes is the state of South Carolina. Yeah, the six-week ban that was in effect that actually did plummet the numbers. Yeah. Um, we're looking at this map. Uh, obviously, it you can you can look it up yourself. Um, I'm just going to list the states that had overtly negative um, yeah. drops or, or decreases. Idaho, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia, Arizona, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, South Carolina, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, Texas, New York, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island, and Washington, D.C.? And Texas, yeah, D.C., believe it or not. Uh, Texas, by and large, takes, Utah the, cake, as well. take, takes the cake here. They've got, they had a, a drop in uh, 24,420 abortions. Civil penalties work, folks. Yeah, uh, Georgia, 14,415. Tennessee, just over 10,000. Uh, this is significant stuff. I, I do not see on this this infographic down at the bottom – South Carolina because they were in that positive. Correct. Uh, unfortunately, that's, and that's not a good thing. There's an argument to be made here, and I understand the absolutist vision here. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goal, what I would like to see happen in my lifetime, is for abortion to be unthinkable and illegal. Yes. Across all 50 states of this great United States. But in the meantime, you have to start somewhere. Either you let all the children die in the pursuit, or you take the hill. Yeah. And at some point, you have to just take the hill. If you and, and we said this earlier today, and, you know, it's it's kind of a vague reference back to the early thousands and the glory days yes. of uh, South Carolina sports, uh, you know, because they have one of those once, a time, once upon a time. Sorry. Um, back when Ray Tanner won that. <laughs> sorry. Back when Ray Tanner won the national championship in baseball twice. Ships. Right? Ships. Yeah, twice. Uh Two years in a row, ten and eleven, and then what do we see? Winning begets winning. Um, same you know, same years. Same years. Uh, football takes takes off. We women's see basketball takes off shortly after. Win. Yeah, absolutely. Men's and basketball so went to a final four. Wins build upon wins, and culture we, of winning. We can't snatch. We can't keep snatching uh, defeat from the jaws of victory. 
every time that we've got something on the horizon that could save more babies, sure, more babies. And you know, I, I hear this a lot. You know, uh, the abolitionist movement for slavery. Uh, you know, they were totally, and yes, there were those that held the line and were totally against slavery from the get-go, as as all of us should be. But what we look for are those areas where we can win. William Wilberforce, William Wilberforce in his plan to eliminate slavery, mm-hmm. did not do it overnight. It was a long pattern, and it was Correct. small victory after victory after victory. And sometimes there were steps backwards, but ultimately those victories led to the ultimate ending of slavery as we know it, institutionally speaking, in the two largest uh, places in the, in the world at the time, Britain and then America uh, a, a time later. But that didn't come without vicious, vicious attacks. And I just finished a docu- documentary. It's actually a podcast on America's founding son, uh, John Quincy Adams, and his uh, ferocious attempt to end slavery, which he never saw, Justin, in his right. lifetime. Right. You know, and I don't know if this is going to be one of those things where we see a couple wins and we go a decade and then we see a few more wins. But you can count, and rest assured, that Palmetto family, our team, we're going to continue to fight to end abortion by making sure that it is, you know, societally morally reprehensible, that it's unthinkable, and that we have every mechanism in place legally and legislatively to curb and then all out eliminate abortion. So we see the numbers dipping there. This is a numbers based show today, unfortunately. <laughs> as a journalism numbers. as a journalism major, Could I'm you crunch allergic the numbers one more time. I'm allergic to math. This is according to a UMass poll. Sixty percent of Americans, according to this poll, say that a man or woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed. So if you are a man, it cannot be changed. If you are a woman, it cannot be changed. Sixty percent of Americans believe that. My question is, what are the other 40% doing? Uh, that number broken down into different categories. 90% of Republicans believe this statement. 64% of independents. 36% of Democrats. So 64% of Democrats in America believe that being a man or a woman is is um, not permanent. It can be temporary and it can be changed. Which leads me to the point, how can conservatives be considered extremists Oh, my gosh. This number breaks down very interestingly, actually, when you go into the different demographics, Mitch. outside, yeah. Let's go outside of party or ideology. Ideology is interesting that those who consider themselves conservative agree with this 93% of the time. And only 7% Seven, of the time. They think. But, but 7% of conservatives believe that being a man or a woman is something that can be changed. That is the opposite of conservatism. And just to, just to clarify what the poll asks, it, it asks being a man or a woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed versus uh, being a man or woman is something that can be changed and is largely up, largely. To, up to the individual. Now, I so believe that, yeah. I choose to be a 1971 Diet Coke machine. Well, see, that's just preposterous. 7% of conservatives conservatives believe I can be. 2022 vote choice, or 2020 vote choice, if you voted for President Biden this is an in 2020, 34% of those who voted for Joe Biden said that being a man or woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed. They might be interested to know what the president has said since he got elected in November of 2020. And those who voted for President Trump, 91% believe that a man or a woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed. Again, they might be interested to know where he lies. In the LGBTQ arena. Education. If you have a high school diploma or less, 65% of those believe that being a man or a woman is permanent and cannot be changed. 
Some college, 61%. A college degree is 63%. If you stay in college for longer than four years, you get infinitely stupider. Proving. Postgraduates, 38% believe that being a man or woman is something that is permanent and cannot be changed. You can be an overeducated um, idiot. Okay. Um, just... That's yeah. just, I mean, we're at the point now where this is absurdity. A Harvard-Harris poll, meanwhile, that I have pulled up here, 78% of Americans say that puberty blockers and gender surgery should only be allowed for those over 18. Now, my argument in this is that it shouldn't be allowed at all. Yeah. My argument in this is that it is dangerous. It is destructive. We have multiple stories to this effect, uh, to this account. What is the societal good? What is the societal good of somebody changing their gender by chemical castration or castration itself? What is the societal good? Hey, man, you just let the... You be you, boo-boo. No, what's the societal good? What is the societal good of Jim... Being Jane? Getting getting everything lopped off and becoming Jane. What is the societal good? How does that help society flourish? He he, he feels... She... Sorry. She... He... I, they feel good about themselves. Do they? No, actually, higher rate, well, higher rates. Of the suicidality rate yes, inside that community is, is so far sad. higher, and it's not because they're disenfranchised. No, it's because, because everything about them is enfranchised. They're, they're dysphoric. They're they have a dysphoria. Seventy nine percent of Americans oppose a law in their state that would allow gender changing surgery and puberty blockers for minors without parental permission. The same thing that California says you should do, and if you don't agree with it as a parent, we'll take your child away. Seventy nine percent of Americans oppose any law such as that. These numbers are exorbitantly low. Like that's oh, that's over fifty percent. The number shouldn't be seventy eight percent. Correct. And if if your society does not value children or marriage, <laughs> your society will soon cease to exist. I've said this for years that the United States of America, as a society, is ceasing to exist as we speak. Yeah. We don't speak the same language. We don't view the world the same way. I mean, we're trying, and and Bud Light is seeing this now as I try to raise my microphone. Bud Light is seeing this now as they continue to see their numbers dip. When you claim to support this ideology, free-thinking, logical Americans say, no, that's not how this works. Society is constructed in a way in which this doesn't work. We have bills in multiple states that are trying to ease the burden but we also have it to where same-sex couples can be labeled infertile could they help me so can they get disability benefits because they're they would they would have the ability uh to receive ivf and other services that you can have your own discussion about whether those are good and right or not but they will they will have access to those based on infertility rates. They, now the normal infertility measure is that a heterosexual couple, after a year of trying to conceive a child, mm-hmm. you are then considered infertile. Well, and here's another in many question, aspects. And I and I don't know the answer. And this is an honest question for those of you out there who are like, ah, you're you're trying to. I don't know. Would if if a same sex couple, which yes. is so weird to it's say, not real. If a man and a man or a woman and a woman are deemed infertile cl- you know, clinically or they are infertile, do they then receive preferential treatment in private and public adoption? Yes. I, I don't... Uh, no, say- yes. The goal would be yes. That's the goal. The goal is to get preferential treatments and IVF and other con- conception-assisting measures 
and public-private adoption, foster care, this, that, and the other. If we're going to go on the Steve Spurrier thing. This, that, and the other. <laughs> yeah, this, that, and the other thing. Um, it Just hand Marcus the ball. I mean, don't get me on the topic of how I feel about this because I'm really going to upset some folks. <laughs> All right, moving on. But if you want me to, I can. Um, what's interesting about these numbers, Mitch, is that they they... In my opinion, they aren't high enough. Yeah. But what we are seeing is that over 50% of the country would readily agree with the things we talk about on these issues. And yet, and yet, the current administration, the Department of Education, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Health and Human Services, Department of Transportation, looking at you, Secretary Buttigieg, and others are continuously clamping down on this. This is where I believe that the that the presidential race this time around mm-hmm. isn't so much conservative versus liberal because we do see some uniparty stuff going on. Mm-hmm. What I do think it will be, and what I think we saw in 16, is a rise of populism, yeah. specifically with two candidates right now, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm-hmm. and Donald Trump. They don't agree on much of anything. Except for... Except for the idea of populism and that the people are able to govern themselves and we will represent them as they govern themselves, but that that their concerns are what matter most. Whilst include that include that ST. Whilst the current regime that is in charge, and I use the term regime because very few governments that sick Departments of Justice on their political chief political rivals wouldn't be considered anything other than an autocratic regime. The regime as it stands says we un- we see these numbers, we don't care. Well, it's fascinating and and just kind of being a student of history, if I look through the annals of time since ah, the last two hundred and forty some odd years since, Amer- time. since America's been a nation and we're mm-hmm. coming up on that, you know, that big two fifty. Um, we are. We're two years away from it. Three I love, years. I love what uh, I believe it was Mark Twain said. He said history doesn't necessarily repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Mm. Um, and it's fascinating mm. if we go back at different periods, whether that's Jackson, who who often has been compared to Trump. Um, yeah, and then the shift from Jackson into Van Buren, uh, or maybe the Teddy Roosevelt character. Uh, in all of his glory and grandeur, it seems like we hit these high points, and you know, uh, where the populist shift moves in a direction or another, and we go from, you know, uh, th- this idea of the cultural elites that well represent yeah. us to we want we want somebody who's just like us. Um, it's fascinating, and I'm with you, I, but I do think that this time, the ideological landscape is slightly different in in the eighteen. 18- 20s and 30s, we're dealing with uh, annexation of Texas, we're dealing with slavery, we're dealing with um, railroads and mm-hmm. um, stuff like that. And then in the 19-teens and 20s, it's the, it's the idea of uh, staving off another world war, um, it, it, it's west, somewhat still in westward expansion, uh, it's the idea of colonialization of other territories. Sure. Now, now it's far more, you know, I don't know that it's more concerning than slavery, 
but it's it's concerning when it comes to the ideological differences and the wedge that we find in between the two when it comes to things like gender, human identity, who we are. And that ultimately, that's really what this boils down to, is not just who we are as a species, but who we recognize ourselves individually to be. And, and that is a question that people are uh, searching for in all the wrong places. It sounds like a song. Um, let me just be abundantly clear. No matter who the president is, whether it's uh, President Trump, President Biden, future President X, Y, or Z, or we can go back into the past and say, you know, President Washington. Right. It doesn't matter. The answers to the most fundamental questions that people are asking right now will never come from the White House. They won't. And that's why, ultimately, conservatives, and I would argue men and women of courage, conviction, and faith need to rise to the occasion and fill the vacuum of leadership. What's interesting well, is that after... Was tang- that was a tangent. Sorry. After Teddy Roosevelt, you had um, well, William Howard Taft, yeah. and then Bill. you had Woodrow Wilson. Yep, uh, who arguably is... The most... The, the, the no, worst. No, the most progressive president in the history of this country until right now. The worst. I, I, just what and, he did and to... And super racist. I would say they got two two terms ago, or two presidents ago was pretty um, hopey, changey, um, fundamentally transformed the fabric of America. Not like Woodrow Wilson. No, 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 no. He, I would argue that he picked up the mantle sure. and, and some would argue that what we're experiencing right now under the, um, as you called it, what was it, what'd you call it? Uh, a, a regime... The regime, the current regime. Um, it, it may be uh, President Obama 2.0. 3.0. 3.0? Okay. Yeah, two terms. So, okay, I got, got you, got you. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't know. Uh, the bottom line is the answer for America, the answer for who we are as a species or who you are individually, that, that ultimate question for meaning, purpose, identity, those questions will never come or be answered from politics or the White House. Right, they won't. We go to our final story today. We will press on, and this is uh, speaking of President Biden. More? More from President Biden. What does he he have to uh, say this time? He was speaking, speaking. I'm speaking. At a National Safer Community Summit, basically pushing for gun control. And, oh, he, he jumped the gun there. Settle down, Joey. Settle down, Joey. Listen, Joey is super excited. Here's here's what President Biden said as he closed his speech. Just All right. God save the Queen, man. Couple things. I didn't realize he I thought he was like Now, we know Joe Biden sometimes thinks that dead people are still alive. Remember Jackie? You know, like, over there. The U.S. Congresswoman where, that died tragically in a car accident. Where is she? Two months later, he's, where is she? he's wondering where Jackie... Oh, she's not here. Um, This is like... The Queen died. You remember that? You remember that huge funeral we had for the Queen of England? Kind of like when we used to have three channels and the president was all of them. If you flip to, I think, Nickelodeon or, you know... Disney Jr. The queen, the queen died. And they told you. Like, he didn't even say, God save the king. Chuck? All right, God God save the queen, man. And then people are like, 
Yay, yay. No, they actually, no, they don't. They escalate their cheering. Yay, covered oh. up. And then when he leaves, you watch, he's like, do I go here? Do I go uh, here, here? No, he's still here, looking for here, Jackie. Uh, and then he kind of runs and then stops. He's still looking for Jackie. Um, this is... This is... Um, Sad. Like, he's not running things. Well, he's never been running things. He's not running things. He can't even, can't even walk across the stage. He... All right, yeah, God save the queen, man. And then Lace, my biggest thing, my biggest problem with the president right now is that when he speaks and he's at a podium, there are two microphones on the podium, and yet he chooses to hold a mic. That's my biggest problem, actually. And that's minor. Uh, but this is actually, I, I don't even know what to think about this because this is not the president returning to conservative ship. Never, he's never been a conservative. He's never been anything but a wild liberal. Are you sure this isn't a deep fake? No, this is real. This is real. And with that, <laughs> wow. It, uh, I, I don't even know what to say. Heritage Foundation responds with, with a gif of the queen. Um, someone said Biden just said our country back 250 years, LOL. Um, it, uh, oh, that went well. Um, there's, there's, there's significant problems here. And I think that, I think that there's we can solve questions all of them on this need, podcast. No, it's time for questions to be asked. Legitimate serious questions because the Democratic Party is shielding him from debating RFK Jr. or Marianne Williamson Stardust. He doesn't have to debate them because he's the sitting president. I've heard that argument before. But if there's a challenger in your party, meanwhile Gavin Newsom is waiting on this guy to die. Like, he's waiting on the president of the United States to die. He's running a shadow campaign. I applaud Governor DeSantis saying, you know what? Stop around and get in the race. Did, did Governor DeSantis say that? Did you, did you hear what he said? I'll, I'll look at it, it later. It, I'll, I'll type it in right here. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he told him to stop around oh, and, okay. and, and, and get in the race, throw your hat in the ring, but he won't do it. He's running a shadow campaign, which is fine. That's why he's, you, you'll, you'll see his ad pop up for his gun, gun control amendment. President Biden is the oldest man to ever be president. Should he win another term, he will be close to 90 by the time he gets out. Previous guy ain't much younger. What I we have, say, I would say though that the mental faculties are wholly different. No, they're totally different. <laughs> what? I, I, they're, they're different. We they're have different. a we have a significant we have a significant problem in this country, and it's at the top with with a man who cannot walk upstairs or, or down, cannot right. walk across stages. Ends his speeches as president of the United States with God save the queen. Number one, haven't said that in this country in 200, almost 50 years. And it was still the king then. And I'm a little disappointed that he gendered half of America when he said it too. God save the queen man. Same man who gets in front of LGBTQ advocates who then jiggle around on the White House lawn and says they're the bravest people I've seen in quite some time <laughs> after he just spoke to the Air Force Academy's graduation where he did fall. There was a brick on stage. There's a sandbag. Sandbag? Whatever she said. So it... I don't know who's running things. You are, America. 
Meanwhile, breaking news today, Hunter Biden is being charged on three federal counts. See, our justice system is fair. This is going off the rails, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I'm, my effort is to get pulled off of YouTube today. Um, All right. Well, So what we're going to do, what we're going to do is we're going to take the numbers that we get on the abortion issue and we take the numbers we get on the gender issue and then we look at who's president. And one of these things just doesn't belong here. If you do believe conservative values, then you should want your government to represent and reflect and reflect the conservative values. They do not. Now, it's obvious that usually after first term, the country swings in the other direction. Mm-hmm. That's normal. That's politics. Then do something about it. Then do something about it. Stop bellyaching with us <laughs> and, and actually do something about it. What we do have, though, are significant issues that we need to tackle beyond this yeah. when it comes to legislation. Yeah. This afternoon, tomorrow, be reading in depth on some different bills regarding human trafficking. Yep. We're working on uh, that. Child safety in terms of uh, internet usage and, and, and things of that nature. We need to be at the forefront of protecting children. I don't have children. Yet. Yet. I would like to have children. I believe they are a good gift from the Lord, and a man whose quiver is full is blessed. Um, but I do have nieces and nephews. I don't think that we should be in a country where it's okay for children to be used as sexual objects in any manner, either heterosexual, homosexual, transgender, whatever. So we're working on that. And we're going to actually, I think the first thing we do on this show is we're going to have a topic, and, and it'll be coming soon. How does this how does this operate in the realm of free speech? Right. And that's going to be a good conversation that we're going to have. We're going to have plenty of conversations with other senators, with other representatives over the offseason. As it goes, if you have questions for us on the mailbag, mm-hmm. please send those in. Email at palmettafamily.org or you can email me directly, justin at palmettafamily.org. That mailbag is open to anything you want to ask us. And we then choose whether or not we want to read it on the air. Mm-hmm. You can ask us anything. So we and encourage you, you to do that. And you have. If you want to learn more about what we're doing at Palmetto Family, be a part of the newsletter, palmettofamily.org. Scroll down to the bottom of the screen, enter our news, enter to uh, subscribe to our newsletter. You can also invest in the work that we're doing at palmettofamily.org slash donate. You can become a weekly, monthly, yearly um, investor, investor, recurring investor. We encourage you to do that. If you're listening on the podcast version of this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you subscribe so you get notified every time a new episode is up. Give us a five-star rating and review. We encourage you to do that because that allows us to reach more and more people. And if you leave us good reviews, we'll start reading those on the air because we want to highlight the good things that you're doing. Mitch, any final thoughts to keep me on the on the train tracks and not get me in trouble with our overlords? Well, I would encourage you to continue to, uh, to invest your time, resources, energy, effort into what we're doing here at Palmetto Family because uh, we, take, we take what I'm about to say worth uh, what it's worth. It's a, it's a heavy weight at times to bear when we've heard people across the state of South Carolina, say, Palmetto family, you are what we have to stave off some of the craziness that society is throwing at uh, in our direction, whether it's our family, our marriage, um, our home. Uh, y'all are mm-hmm. there, and we are, and we're going to continue to be there, whether it's uh, our goal to eliminate human trafficking or protect every 
innocent life, preborn, those who are aged in uh, end of life, pro life issues. You can count on Palmetto Family to uh, focus in on parental rights and education opportunity, all of these things, and and so many others. We are going to be there, and this show, as we uh, sometimes in a jocular manner, uh, tongue in cheek, but very mm-hmm. seriously at other times, uh, talk about these issues. You can rest assured that we're not, we're not going to just talk about them. We're going to get busy. We're going to do stuff, and we want you to be a part of that, whether that's in investing uh, your energy and effort, whether that's investing your resources and capital, whether that's in, investing your prayer. We will take all the prayer we can get. And with that, we thank you for being a part today of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show for Mitch Prosser. I'm Justin Hall and our entire staff at Palmetto Family. We look forward to talking with you later on this week. <laughs>